Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Elevate Retake. My name is Kelvin, as always, your host. Happy to be here. Um, sad because we're almost to the end of another series that has been phenomenal. Um, it's been God moving and it has been very present uh, in a lot of people's life. But there's some sad and good stuff. That means a new series is coming, which is great, which is always kind of a, a, a good thing to expect. So... Thank you so much for listening. Uh, we've had a fantastic summer uh, when it comes to retaking the podcast, and that is not us in any way. That is you teaming up with God uh, to get these episodes out to people, and um, maybe it is you. Maybe you've listened 30 times to one episode. We appreciate it. Um, I'm not alone in studio. Have our fearless leader, commander-in-chief, I'm here, Michael Gibson. Yep. How are you, me. sir? I'm doing well. It's been, uh, it's been a good couple of weeks. It's been a hot minute. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I think we've only seen each other twice in the last two months. <laughs> yeah, we were joking at the beginning of the summer. It's like, yeah, we'll connect and here and that and everything. And I still owe you a round of golf. But yeah, it's been okay. busy for you, busy for me. A lot of stuff going on. We'll we'll squeeze we'll squeeze that in. Yeah. Um, so if you're listening to this episode, uh, there will be another episode this week as well that we will record um, to kind of give some updates of elevate and talk about the school year a little bit and kind of what that may look like. And yeah. That's going to be a lot of fun as well. Excited for that. Yeah. A lot of cool stuff. Uh, God is moving, and uh, we're gonna move on with him because he's he's running. There's no better place to be. Yeah, there's no better place. Um, two more weeks left. One more week left. One more. One more week yep. left. Yep. Um, we have all been reintroduced. I think I have been reintroduced to maybe some things of Jesus that I forgot, hmm. and that's what I think was super amazing about this series. I'm curious which one was your favorite. I don't know if that was in your notes. I'm just going to jump in and be. Ooh. No, I like Kel- it. What was Kelvin's favorite introduction Kelvin's to Jesus? Favorite introduction. Now, hopefully, it's not next week because then this is this is <laughs> we're in some big trouble here if I answer now. Um. Oh man, I really liked, and I think maybe it was based on the episode that I had afterwards. I really liked um, when you introduced Jesus as, as the vine. Mm, okay. That was really cool uh, because yeah. I got to see a kind of visual picture of of Jesus as kind of this main, you know, kind of trunk, I guess tree is the kind yeah. of word I'm, I yeah. think of. Yeah. And all of us are extensions of him. And yeah. like everything kind of, he supplies nutrients and he supplies everything. And yes. Just, anyway, that, yeah. I think that was my, my current favorite. Nice. Do cool. you have a favorite? I do. Um, I really liked, uh, hello, my name is the one who is speaking to you. It was one of the offhanded ones. It wasn't a part of the seven that like the explicit I am statements, but it was the the one about the woman at the well mm. uh, and how how Jesus how Jesus shows up and he's desirous of a of a covenant relationship. And that one was fun because I tackled it from a kind of a different perspective, a different study hermeneutic than I normally do. So I really, I really enjoyed that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. You liked it for your behind the scenes. Actually. Yeah, it yeah. was a lot of fun because I was studying it and it's like uh, the woman at the well jesus with the woman at the well is one of the most preached sermons Mm -hmm. or uh stories in scripture like i've heard countless sermons on the woman at the well it's like the quintessential example of uh coming to jesus and i got to look at it in a different light and i got a lot of positive feedback from that people were like oh i never thought about it that way before Mm. um so yeah if you're listening to this you need to go back and listen to that one if you have a comment or listen to it again you need to go catch up on the whole series yeah and just binge listen to it um, yeah, shout out to Nick who's doing that right now. <laughs> yeah, well, he's 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 a little more extreme. He's going from yeah. all the way back. Yeah, yeah. So he's, he'll he'll come across this at some point. So shout out to Nick. You know who you are. He he's about a year out. Yeah, right? 
but only a couple of days. But uh, yeah, 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 no, it'll. <laughs> I think by the end of November at his pay, maybe the end of October, he might be. Yeah, maybe even quicker than that. He, yeah. Anyway, this week was pretty good, like really good. Cool. Um, it was up there with my couple of two or three that are that I really mm, liked. Love that. But before we do any of that, you know, we gotta dr- we gotta grill you with the question. <laughs> Um, as a lot of change is going on in your life, which we'll get to yeah. in another episode. Yeah. Currently, Pastor Michael, what makes you who you are? I'm excited to say that I'm a runner again. Uh, All right. We yeah. got the knee fixed. We got the knee fixed. All right. And I figured out a, a better pace, rhythm, and I've got the tools to run now. No, nice. I last November, many of you know, I was like, I'm going to run 40 miles in the month of November. Uh, and I about killed myself. Then we had the push-up month. Yeah, then we had the push-up month that just became the push-off <laughs> month, and that just like that never that okay. never took off. But uh, really, so this summer, uh, a lot of you know, I'm going to be stepping into the lead role. Um, as of the recording of this episode, I have stepped into the the lead pastor role here at Keen. Um, still looking for a young adult pastor. We'll talk about that in the next episode. Um, what uh, I've really been wrestling with this summer is just reevaluating my life systems. Um, some people might call it a rule of life. Other people might call it discipline, just kind of like the thing that you do. And I'm I'm excited to say, and I've been a little bit more quiet about it because, you know, you're like, yeah, I'm going to do this thing. And then like, you don't do it. And like, hey, what happened to that thing? Uh, but for about the past month and a half, so since mid-June, um, I've been the most consistent that I've ever been in my life in terms of outside of college, because college is like an anomaly, but most consistent in my life, in my adult life of uh, regular daily exercise. And my goal is at least six days a week with 30 minutes of, of some type of exercise. So I've been running a little bit more, not as heavy paced as I was before. I got some good running shoes, talked to a friend of mine who is an avid runner who does like 12 miles in a day and just kind of like barely sweats and can have a phone conversation in the middle of that. I hate those people because when they run, they just kind of glide. Yeah. They don't look like they're running. Exactly. Exactly. Just gliding, not running. Uh, So I got some coaching and um, got some some good shoes and have a better rhythm. Um, Shout out to the uh, Nike Run Club app and uh, some of the guided runs on there that have been helping me out. Uh, and we've been building out our home gym a little bit. Got a set of free weights and some other stuff that we're kind of in our garage. I get to sweat it out in, nice. in there. So yeah, that's what makes me who I am right now. And I'm excited about that. I did a mile and a half this morning uh, nice. on speed intervals. So very cool. Glad to hear the knee is, the knee is back. Those it's are there. important. It's there. Yeah. Yep. That's really cool. I I think my entire summer I've answered the same, but for some reason, God has kept my answer the exact same, and I think it's been great. <laughs> it's all right, um, and it's been the, the, the core of uh, young leaders at my church. Mm. I think we have over the summer formed and done some amazing stuff with God's help. Love that. And currently, um, it's it's been phenomenal. Uh, the stuff that we've been able to do through His through His help, not us at all. And that kind of group of young people has kind of made me mm. currently who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been really cool to see something that our little Hispanic church for years and generations hasn't had, mm. like hasn't yeah. had. Yeah, uh, they've been very push off to yeah, the yeah. to the young people. And yeah. So to see it kind of grow has been has been pretty cool. Love it. So we are in uh, John chapter 18, and Jesus is uh, getting close to his death. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, we are on the doorstep of that happening. Yep. We kind of um, just jump in midstream. Like there's yeah. no no context. This one feels a little random, but yeah. We're we're at this point and he is um he's headed somewhere with his disciples. Let me ask you a question and then a follow up. Mm-hmm. Do you have off the top of your head an epic hide and seek story? Ooh. Or I can ask, are you good at hiding cuz you're a very tall man. And I can I am, be rough at, at times. I'm not good at hiding. Okay. And I'm pretty I don't So I have a love-hate relationship with hide and seek. <laughs> um that I I I startle easily sometimes. Like wow. I'm normally pretty e- even keeled, but looking for people in dark places just doesn't like You'd rather be the seek the hider. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'd rather be the one like scaring somebody else than like being the seeker. Um I I think the one that sticks out to me when I was in college, we had a campus-wide hide-and-go-seek uh, sesh. Ooh. I don't know if you call it, like whatever you call sure. it. Sure. <laughs> but there was they like divided it by classes, and so I don't remember I don't remember what how it was all divided, but there was a certain number of seekers, and like the rest of campus was hiders. And you just got you could hide anywhere anywhere on campus, and that was that was kind of fun. That's interesting. That's, kind of fun. That's yeah. pretty cool. The reason I asked that question is because as I was doing all the research and just kind of looking up on Google, I just kind of like to see what people say on the topic and the verses. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And somebody, I don't know where they were going with this, but they were saying, well, Jesus was running. He was hiding. He was hiding in the garden. Hmm. Tell us after your study of the scripture why that is not the case, why Jesus hmm. wasn't hiding here. Yeah, I there there's a little bit of scholarship on it. Some scholars debate whether uh so the the point stands that Jesus habitually went to this garden and it's likely that he had some type of benefactor or a person that allowed him use of that garden. Um it's a walled garden for from some of the details in the story he there's some in and out of the garden that we cover in the message that he's he goes into the garden and in order to be in something there needs to be some kind of delineation or boundary. Correct. Uh and so he's in that garden. Uh, and so he's got access to it. And depending on which gospel you read, if you leave, if you read John just by itself, it looks like he just kind of spends time in that garden during the last week. If you read the gospels kind of as a cohesive story together, it sounds like he's regularly going to this garden that becomes kind of the centerpiece, uh, for, uh, his, his last moments and whether or not it's during the entirety of his ministry or just in the last week. The point is, is that he habitually goes to this garden. Uh, and Judas knew that he would go to this garden. And so this is not Jesus trying to get away and run. It's Jesus going to his place of solitude. And he's going to the place where he's praying with his father. In fact, John chapter 17 is a prayer to God in in this garden. Hmm. Uh, and uh, it, it, I mean... John makes it sound like the prayer happens beforehand, which it very well might have. And other gospels say it was, it happened in the garden. I, you know, eyewitnesses account, they're different. Sure. They, but they corroborate one another. And so I think the other piece is that G and I highlight this a lot in the message. Jesus initiates contact in this story. Mm. He's the one that when the cohort shows up, he comes out of the garden. Mm. Uh, and that's the, Worst strategy for hide and seek. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's <laughs> like, not great. <laughs> when the seekers show up, just to be like, "Hey, I'm right here." Yeah, and who are you looking for? Oh, yeah, that's me. Uh, that's that's not how you how you hide well. Mm. That is not how you hide well at all. You jumped into my next question, which is fantastic. 
we're already on the same page and we haven't seen each other in two months. Got that telepathy going on. What, <laughs> what, what encouragement is that in our spiritual walks that we have a God that is proactive in, mm. in, in every situation and doesn't yeah. kind of wait? Yeah. Because we have this idea, and I think we've talked about this before here, where we think that God is taking forever, He but he's working. Yeah. Um, what does that kind of look like in our Christian walk, knowing we have that Jesus that, all right, I, I'm here. Like, he's very proactive. Yeah, I th- I find comfort in that, in, in, in the fact that no matter what I've done, uh, no matter where I've come from or the decisions that I've made, that God is always seeking me. Uh, and... There's something to be said about seeking God. God's a rewarder of those who seek him. Uh, And he says, if you seek me, you'll find me when you search for me with all your heart. But the only way that we do find God is if God avails himself to us. Mm -hmm. And so he's got to initiate that. Uh, And so I find comfort in that. And for anybody listening who's wrestling through a relationship with God or, or finding Jesus, Jesus wants a relationship with you just as much or even more as you want it with him. Mm. And he's willing to, to seek that out. And so you make parallels with that in a significant other relationship or marriage uh, in that kind of feeling that you get when, when someone's seeking you as much as you're seeking them, same thing that Jesus is doing. Which is interesting because in this situation, it's almost as if he found them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like he, he, he found them before they even got close. Yeah. <laughs> they weren't even in the garden yet. Yeah. Yep. And he went and found them. Yeah. Um, yeah. And initiated what was going to happen next. Yeah. I I think I've said it here before, um, but I love what a pastor once said. He said, I, it's funny that Christians think that uh, that they found God when he's been looking for you the entire time. Yeah. Um, it's like yeah. saying that that uh, that Jerry found Tom when it's really Tom chasing Jerry <laughs> yeah. the entire yeah. time. Like exactly. there's no point where Jerry is running after Tom, you know. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's always the cat chasing the mouse. Yeah. And- we get that confused and we forget that our God's literally been proactive mm-hmm. looking for us. Yeah. And and I think he's been doing that like every single day. Yeah. His grace and mercy is brand new every day. He's looking for us like all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like the imagery in the song, Reckless Love, of the overwhelming reckless love of mm. God. Oh, it chases me down, mm. fights till I'm found, leaves the 99. Um, some people have some theological is- issues with that because they're like, how could God's love be reckless? <laughs> God's not a reckless God. It's a perspective shift. From our perspective, God's love is reckless. Mm. Like, why would he chase after somebody who's running from him? Why would he chase after someone who's uh, betrayed him, uh, is is going to uh, do incredibly horrible things to him, but God still chases us down. Mm. I think of uh, Psalm 23, mm-hmm. when uh, when they're in the valley of the shadow of death, and, and David, David says, he prepares a table in the presence of my enemies. Mm-hmm. And it was explained to me. It was like, imagine, imagine your enemies chasing you mm. and you're just chilling, having a meal in mm-hmm. the middle of the valley of shadow death. It's like, mm-hmm. wait, this guy should be running from me. Why is he just sitting here? Right. Yeah. Um, and I almost kind of see that, that image where the, this, this massive group of people is coming to arrest Jesus and Jesus just sitting there. I was like, all right, what well, what's next? Uh, yeah. like, I, like I'm here. Who are you looking well, for, by well, the way? What's going on? Yeah. I'm right here. Um, which is really cool. Yeah. I have a, uh, hide and seek story, um, that I'll tell very quickly mm-hmm. that really came to my mind as you were speaking and it kind of flipped the perspective of this story that I've read a hundred times Yeah, in my brain. Hopefully it can do it for somebody else. I went to a summer camp in Nashville, uh, when I was 12 years old called Camp Sunshine. 
It was phenomenal. Okay. And uh, there was the bottom of the hill where all the, the younger kids were, and then the teenagers were on the top of the hill. Anyway, this camp was split into two, and uh, I had been good friends, and I kind of made friends with the camp director and a couple and one more friend of mine. And so the teenagers, they would get to play hide and seek at this massive church that was on the on the grounds. Mm. And uh, they would play in the big basement of this church, and uh, they invited me and my friend. And that was wow. huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 16-year-olds inviting a couple 12-year-olds to come play. Yep. But the rules were interesting. So they had someone looking for you. Mm. Lights were off. But there was also somebody uh, else that was looking, that was a good guy, mm. that could save you and take you to a safe spot. Mm. And it was a different way to play hide and seek, something that I'd never done. So it really put pressure on the seeker. I yeah. got to find everybody and get as many as I can before yeah. the person that's like also looking yeah. can save as many people. Yeah. And as I was listening to the message, I kind of thought about it and I said, despite being in the darkness of that church, someone was also there on purpose to save us. Mm. Right? Yeah. 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 Um, yep. And I think if anything, we learned this week that Jesus, in the midst of the darkness, because this was at night, yeah, he still has everything under control, even when yeah. it's dark. Yeah, and he's that one looking to save us. He's no the light what. of the world. And and I like the oh man, I don't for, I, I forgot how you put it. The little weird irony that John puts with with the lanterns. Can you explain that a little bit? Yeah. So he uh, he puts in that detail in John eighteen verse three. It says that Judas and the Roman cohort came there with lanterns, torches, and weapons. And just the irony that it took lanterns and torches to capture the light of the world in the darkness of night. Yeah. When just a few chapters before, John's talking about the light of the world. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, I'm the light of the world. And it takes lanterns and torches to capture the light of the world in the darkness. Here's one of my side notes. Yeah. I know it was dark and I get it. And there had to be some sort of light somewhere in the garden, maybe some torches or something. Well, it's a full moon. It's Passover. So it's a full moon. Okay. So it's not like pitch black where like right. you can't completely see right i just kind of it, it seems to me as if they don't recognize jesus when he comes out of the garden is that just me um you figure that these pharisees and guards at least jesus was a very popular man for not great reasons according to them yeah it's kind of interesting that they don't recognize him off the bat maybe that's just a random kelvin thought yeah uh john kind of brushes over it um, they're following Judas, Judas leadership. Um, yeah, I don't know that's a, that that's an important thing for John. I mean, there's a little bit of play on the identity because he's like, who are you looking for? And they say, Jesus, the Nazarene. Uh, and I think they're still a little trepid, trepidatious in terms of actually capturing him. Um, the, the wording that used there affords for up to 600 people in this cohort. Think about 600 people coming to capture one person. That's a lot of people mm -hmm. to try to incapacitate one person. Uh, and obviously through the details in John, Jesus is in control 100% of the time. Like he only is captured because he willingly goes. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know why they don't necessarily recognize uh, Jesus right off. Um, I, I think Jesus initiates it too quick. Like he sees him coming and he steps <laughs> out and he's like, who are you guys looking for? Yeah. They're like Jesus the Nazarene. They don't say you. Um, right. That's what and, I figured. And I, and I also think that they're making a point that Jesus is claimed to be the Messiah mm. and they're looking for Jesus the man. Mm. They're not actually looking for the Messiah. They're not looking for the Son of God. Correct. I think that's the distinction that John is drawing out.
they're trying to crucify Jesus the Nazarene. And the guy with the crazy claims. Correct. And what they end up doing is crucifying the Son of God. Last question here. Yeah. Jesus kind of introduces himself here as I am everything. <laughs> like, like there's no specific thing. Mm-hmm. He's just, mm-hmm. I am it all. Mm-hmm. Do you think there's a significance in him introducing himself like that before his death? I figured that would kind of be a thing mm-hmm. you would do once you come back to life. Be like, look, I told y'all, I am everything here. Yeah. Um, why before his death, you think? I I think it's it's speaking to his audience. I I I think his death and resurrection stand on their own, mm. and so his his last attempt here is to proclaim who he is. That's the mission. That's the calling that that God placed on his life to to proclaim who he is, and that all worked up to the culmination of death and resurrection. And so he's been speaking about what's to come, and now he's about to go do what he's been speaking about. And so I think the death and resurrection speak for, for themselves. So if you look at it just from a, from in, in, in a chronological perspective, we're not looking at it from, from the end, from the beginning, so to speak, but we're looking at it while we're in the moment. I think it makes sense that he's, this is his final, most explicit. I am statement. Um, Pilate tries to mess around with him in John 19, trying to get at who's, what his identity is. And Jesus basically says like, I've already said everything that I've come to say. (laughs) Yeah. You can go ask those people outside. (laughs) If you don't get it now, you're not going to get it. Mm. And so this moment, at least in the gospel of John, I see is the culmination of Jesus proclamation of his identity and his proclamation of his introduction to Mm. humanity. And it's his last attempt. It's like, I am. I think it's important that, he does it before, like you just mentioned, for the sake of Judah standing across from him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that was his final kind of like Judas. You, I think you just realized what you did. Yeah. Um. I, I am. I'm everything here. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And I think that may have hit Judas big time. Yeah. When he says, "I'm he. That's it. Yeah. I'm. I'm the one you're looking for." Um, but there was some bigger, like you mentioned in the message, some bigger significance to those were two words. I am yeah. as if we've been looking the entire, um, the entire series and Judas heard every single one of those. Yeah, he did likely did. Yep. And now Jesus finally, right before his death kind of puts it together. Uh, and I think it's important, like you mentioned that it happened, that he, that he kind of said that before. Yeah. His resurrection was going to be big enough as it is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> People were going to know, big, you know, good or bad, big enough or not, that was going to be, you know, a big moment. Yeah, for sure. Um, for sure. This is a great message. And um, I'm excited for next week. Sad for next week. Yeah. It's the end of the, the series. It is. But I like how over the last year we've kind of, we've kind of put everything together. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. he wants to transform your heart. He wants to transform your mind. So who's the he? Yeah. <laughs> Here's the he. Here's yeah. the one that wants to do it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think it's been phenomenal. Uh, a teaser. Do you have a teaser for next week? Uh, yes. We're going to be going to the book of Revelation. Oh, okay. We're leaving John. 
Yes and no. We're oh. sticking with the same author. Okay. Oh, okay. But we're leaving. True, the, we're true. leaving the book of John, uh, okay. the Gospel of John, and we're going to go to his revelation of Jesus. And uh, there's some I am statements in Revelation that mm-hmm. we're gonna we're gonna unpack. Sweet. Don't know exactly where we're going yet. Um, still still on the docket to study that out. Thursdays are normally my study day, so when this episode drops, I'm probably going to be in the middle of uh, figuring figuring all of that out. But that's the direction that we're headed. Sweet. Can't yeah. wait. Um, yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, man. For being thank here. You. This was a great little conversation. Yeah. Um, for sure. I think, at least for me, it impacted me in two or three or four ways yeah. uh, that I'd never thought about. And hopefully if you're listening, maybe go back, read that story, read it with a bunch of commentary, uh, find a bunch of research. Um, because I think you mentioned in the story, in, in the, in the message that we've read the story so many times. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the beauty of the Bible. There's always something there yeah. that we, that we maybe don't miss on purpose, but we just missed yeah. cause we were so yeah. used to reading it so many times. Um, there's always room for one more. There's always room for one more. There's always room for one more idea, thought, message. Um, and God knows what he's doing. Let him be your comfort. Um, and know that he's always in control and he's a proactive God no matter what. That's right. Well, sir, thank you so much. Thank you. And, uh, we'll catch up, uh, We'll catch up over the next couple of weeks. Yeah. And, um, and we're talking on the next episode. We're talking on the next episode. So make yeah. sure and just kind of leave your Spotify or Apple playlist queuing up and let it just roll into the next one. Yeah. And um, that'll be on Friday, Something I believe. Like that. Something like that. You'll get the when, next episode. When Shane puts it up. When Shane puts it up. That's right. <laughs> fantastic <laughs> editor and the man that keeps it all moving. Yeah. Um, my name is Kelvin. Make sure and uh, share the episode. Send it out to somebody. Facebook, Instagram, do all your social media stuff. Um, We've had a fantastic summer, like I mentioned at the beginning, and that's because you've been working hand-to-hand with God as to get these messages and our retake episodes out to those who who need it. It's popping up on somebody's phone and device, and those people are the ones that need it, and we thank you so much for that. All righty. We will see you next time. And uh, my name is Kelvin. That's Pastor Michael sitting across from me. Yeah, yeah. And we'll see you guys next time. Remember, there's always room for one more.